Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Austin. And I know you're normally the one who introduces the Cooking with Colin segment. Yes. But I did make a You're going to introduce dish. your own cooking segment. I did it. I did make a new dish tonight. Okay. What was it? Uh, it was sausage gnocchi and with so- uh, with like peppers and onions um, with a tomato basil sauce. It's Parmesan cheese. I was pretty, I was pretty happy with myself for that one. Yeah, you guys something... have a similar, similar direction that we did for dinner tonight, actually. That's yeah. funny. What did you guys have? So we had what my what my wife calls boing boings. Which, oh, that's um, that's a food. Yeah, sounds like that could be fun. Um, it is. <laughs> it's um, like rotini pasta mm-hmm. with some sort of a red sauce and beef mixed in. Like I, some people call it like goulash or like whatever. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, Her family yeah. calls it boing boings. Um, so that's what we have with garlic bread this evening. So, but similar, you know, meat, okay. red sauce, some sort of pasta yeah. gnocchi thing. So, yeah, hmm. yeah. yeah. Been trying not to do carbs, but she 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 wore me down. We yeah we have uh, we, we are fairly heavy on the carbs because like we also had garlic bread with this. Oh, I, I've I've seen your diet, Colin. I know you and your brother. <laughs> very carb heavy <laughs> we were yeah we were just talking about that today in the chat that we have with all of us uh, we're doing uh some some exercise competitions and stuff and then evan was saying about his diet <laughs> yeah if he colin's brother does a job that like requires him to walk around a ton and he was saying like if he, he like he eats like crap but he works it all off i was like i mean i just sit here stationary for 10 hours a day like i can't do that unfortunately same same and i uh i still eat like crap so it's uh it's not a good combination sedentary lifestyle man we weren't made for it we really weren't honestly we really weren't um i do have a standing desk now so that does help um so like like, do you actually burn calories standing at a standing desk or like what's like the the, no but it's the purpose of it for like like is it just for like posture and stuff like what what's the benefit yeah so two twofold um posture so that way you know you're not sitting all day um and it also you know gets you on your feet because like if you're sitting um especially like leg muscles and stuff like that tighten up um like your hamstring muscles because they're bent all the time and also you know your back it's not good for your back that kind of stuff but also it's good for focus so if you're standing you tend to be more focused. So the times that I use, I'm like, I had the standing desk up is like first thing in the morning, like, right. Like I, I get up, check my emails, get my coffee. And then I bring the desk up and I just, I stand. So that way, like I'm forced to stay awake. Um, and then right after lunch. So then maybe once or twice throughout the day too. That sounds awful. I just go for a walk. Like today I'm in Pittsburgh. It is February 9th. We're recording this. It was 68 degrees out. Oof. I went for a 30 minute walk at lunch. Then I actually went for another one when Kels got home because it was still, you know, dark out and it was still 65 degrees out. It was a beautiful day here. So that was my, you know, no standing desk for me, but I'll go for a nice walk. I closed my rings on my phone. So that made me very happy. Oh, nice. Nice. Becca's always talking about clo- she has to close her rings too and uh, all that kind of stuff. I don't if have an iPhone. 
So. Yeah, if you weren't if you weren't living in the Stone Ages, you would know you you would be able to relate to me, but you can't. So, uh, I wouldn't say it's living in the Stone Age, um, because you know it's an Android. Do you and they're use actually more your Android to its actual capabilities? Do you use your iPhone to its actual capabilities? Yes, it's not supposed no. to be the most technologically whatever thing. I don't need that. Neither do 80, you. 80, you, 20 literally, you literally, 80, 20 you're, you're, I, your only purpose with the, maintaining an Android is so that you're the dick in the group chat that makes <laughs> all the messages turn green as opposed to blue. That is literally your sole purpose in any group chat with your stupid Android. You and your brother. So you want to hear how I got my first Android phone? Well, it was... It, it it's wasn't a Samsung, but it's like, you know, non iPhone. Sure. I So the first one that I got, the first uh, smartphone that I got was by Sony. And it was a phone, but then you could, it was like the slider and it slid up and it was also a PSP. This is literally the, the least surprising thing that you've it was, ever told I thought it was the life. coolest thing ever. I was like, this is awesome. Like. I play like I wasn't an Xbox guy. I was a Sony guy. Like I would play PlayStation um, over Xbox. So like I was like now I can play on the go and this game awesome. on the road, bro. Yeah, except the functionality of that was not the same functionality of an actual PSP. It was basically like shitty apps on your phone, but you had like a controller for it. It was terrible. But I never got joined the iPhone movement at the beginning, and I just kind of stayed in the non-iPhone Samsung uh, route. I might go with a Google phone my next time, though. There is... Um, so my my brother has an Android as well, actually. But he actually, like, uses his... I mean, you know my brother. He's like... Yeah. yeah he works, Work. works for <laughs> yeah. IBM. He's, like, an engineer. Like, that's, like, all he does. Like, he works on microchips or something. It's, he's explained it to me in, like, the dumbest language he possibly can. And I'm still just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I get it. I don't get it. Um, but he has like an Android and he like now you can download all sorts of video games. He'll sit there and play like Pokemon Fire Red and stuff on his phone while we're just like sitting there. So you uh you should give that another try calling the gaming on the on the go thing. I mean, just you know, I know you were swimming in chicks the first time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so to recover that status for yourself. I'm about to get married. I can't be swimming in chicks. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Engaged ain't married, bro. <laughs> I, think that, I think Michael Scott said that. Did he? Word yes, for he, word? He actually does. Yeah. I, I don't think he says bro at the end. <laughs> okay. I think he says BFD, engaged, ain't married. Ah, gotcha. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, maybe I'll give it a go. But yeah, no, I mean, I, ver I know that I don't use the uh, capabilities of the Androids like somebody who is a software engineer or works at IBM, but, you know, I'm happy with it. Sure and all my stuff's are. through Google, so. I'm sure you are. But all right, enough about phones and food. Um, we have two main topics here tonight. Senior Bowl wrapped up. I'm sure you're hearing a lot of Senior Bowl recaps. We had some great Senior Bowl practice recaps over on the YouTube page from our correspondents on the ground, uh, Mike Valerie and Barnabas Lee uh, at FF Dirty Mike and at PKJB Lee on Twitter. Uh, follow both those guys doing great work over there. They, like I said, they dropped the, the recap videos for practices on our YouTube channel. We'll talk a little bit about our recaps here. 
Uh, and then we'll uh, the combine invite list came out. Um, we'll talk about maybe a couple guys that stand out as guys that maybe should have made that invite list and a couple that definitely should have made the invite list. But uh, before we get into that, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. You can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. And if you're looking for additional NFL or CFF content, uh, Fantasy Points is a great resource for that. Uh, all right, into the Senior Bowl recap here. Uh, best practice performances of the week. There's a couple uh, pretty notable ones. There's a steady drumbeat all week from Michael Wilson, the wide receiver from Stanford, who came into this Senior Bowl without a lot of fanfare. Um, not too many people were looking for him to be one of the top performers this week. Uh, but there he was, uh, constantly impressing everybody with his route running. Uh, he's got good size there as well. And then Tajay Spears, the running back from Tulane, uh, another standout performance at the Senior Bowl. A lot of people were raving about Tajay Spears. I've seen a lot of people hyping him up. Um, with these two practice performances here, uh, I know it's it probably a little bit of a surprise, but how uh, how, how much has this affected their rankings, how well these two have looked in their practice performances. And I know you don't have rankings. I know that's what you're going to say. No, that's not what I, I would. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have dreamed of saying that to you, Colin. Okay. Um, I, I would not do that to you. Um, look, I know I don't technically do public rankings anymore, but I do maintain my list of yes. players after they get removed from my Debbie and C2C rankings. Um, and do you want to know how much my rankings change once um, this January 1st rolls around or January 10th and all the games are done? How much? Zero percent. Mm. Well, literally the only thing that could move a guy at this point is like, I think they're going to go in the second round and they go undrafted or something like that, or they die. Um, that's, <laughs> that's really all that's moving my rankings at this point. The senior bowl means nothing to me in terms of moving or projecting these guys. Um, what you don't see or hear about a lot of this stuff, cause I actually had a really nice opportunity last night to talk to Barnabas and Mike oh. live, uh, at the end of Debbie debate. And then we hung around for a little bit after the show, uh, and chatted a little more just about their experience and what, uh, how everything was there. Um, a lot of the drills, well, first off, a lot of the running back drills that you saw, the defense was not actually allowed to tackle, which obviously made backs look really good. For instance, that yes. Chase Brown clip that was going around where he absolutely destroyed Riley Moss on the goal line, the, the DB from Iowa. Yeah, there was supposed to be a no contact drill. So that was actually a huge cheap shot by Chase Brown to just absolutely <laughs> blow this guy back like five yards. They were like the coaches, the coaches would get pissed if you were doing that kind of stuff and like scream at them. So it made guys like Ty J Spears look really good on some of these clips. And then for the receivers, those one V one drills, like they're said, I mean, do you remember, do you guys remember who looked really good in the one V one drills last year? Like, Vellis Jones looked really good in them. Bell Melton looked really good in them. Christian Watson looked really good in them. Like they're just designed to like it's it's concerning if you're not winning almost every rep. As Andre Yasovis uh apparently proved throughout the week. They said he didn't win a single one of those. So I think <laughs> you just need to, like everyone sees those clips on Twitter and stuff from you know all sorts of different sources. 
and thinks that, you know, wow, this guy looks like really good here. Like, you know, what, what's the deal? Um, but you have to really uh, uh, have a little more information to be able to, to parse anything out. And for what it's worth, the two guys said that there were a ton of people there who had literally never seen any of these players before. That doesn't, which is a bit of a yikes, <laughs> like quite frankly, like not to gatekeep this stuff because anybody should be able to go and, and have an opinion. But if you're showing up to the senior bowl and you've never watched, uh, I mean, Yusovis is fine. Like, you know, like where would you have watched Andre Yusovis? Like right. realistically, like there's not and, a lot uh, of opportunity to do that. But if you haven't imagine, yeah. But if you haven't watched like Jaron Hall by this point, like played a BYU man for like the past three years, like he's been on TV a ton. Like what, what it, the, the tape is readily available. Like I'm pretty sure I have access to like six, all 22 games from the past like season and a half of his, <laughs> if I want them. And it wasn't that hard to get my hands on them. Like I just, I think you need to be careful about where you're, where you're looking. Cause I just think people don't know, like people will be like, this was a great rep and they've like never seen this dude. And like, they have no idea who he is or what he does. Or people thought Jonathan Mingo on the third day was six foot four. They told me they had a guy <laughs> and they were like, they weighed them and measured them the first day, dude. Like, what are you, what are you doing? So like I that's think a, that's really the easy careful. one. You have the answer to that test uh, yes. on the on the test. You just have to flip it back over to the front side and look at the sheet again. Okay. So again, not to be like this is not a gatekeepy comment. Like I'm glad that the senior bowl and these kinds of things are growing and that more people want to go to them and that there's more access to information. You just got to be really careful about where you're getting the information and then how that person is framing it based on what their knowledge base is because it might not be great at this point. And some by by June you know, you've never watched a, high, uh, a college football game and you could know some of these players inside and out. But today, like there's a lot of these folks that just don't know who these guys are at this point. Literally sounds like a mirror for society and other things there, too. People <laughs> got to have an opinion about everything, folks. <laughs> it's OK to say I don't know. Uh, we don't need to go down that road today. No. Very strong. Are you sure you don't want to get into a little more philosophical no, debate today? Like the biggest, well, I won't sound like a boomer because boomers have an opinion about everything. But <laughs> I digress. No, I, I agree. I think it's awesome that there's so many people there, but everybody goes to this. There's a lot of people that go there. And you just have to always be, and like with everything, you have to be careful of whose opinion you trust. Develop your your trusted sources. If you're listening to this, hopefully we are your trusted source. Um, or a trusted source of yours, but you have to be careful of, of who you trust and how they, uh, how, how somebody presents the information. But, and you can, they can even be like not doing it on purpose. Like, yeah, you know, right. It's implicit not malicious. and explicit bias. Like I had to take a bunch of courses on it in law school. Um, so I'm, Ooh, I'm a lawyer. Yes. Um, <laughs> people don't understand. Actually, what Matt Waldman did a really good, uh, he talked about bias when watching quarterbacks. I don't remember if it was this most recent episode with Felix on or two of the two episodes ago with Felix on, but he basically said that, you know, you might not even know that you have this bias about, you know, something like you, you love speedy wide receivers. You show up to the senior bowl, having never watched any of these guys and Jaden Reed wins deep a couple of times. You're probably going to fall in love with Jaden Reed. You might say that Jaden Reed was the best guy there because you love the speedy deep guy. Like, and that's the role he was playing at practice when in reality, his practice, according to a lot of people that I trust was like, fine. Like it wasn't anything crazy. So like, I think just, you know, recognizing those things is really, really important this time of the year. And I, I mean, I have them too. Like I have a specific kind of receiver that I generally 
prefer. I like the guy that's 5'11 to 6'2, you know, 185 to 200. That it's a little more of a technician. Like I, I, I generally avoid 6'4, 210 guy. I, that's just is what it is. I, I'm aware of it. Um, so I mean, every everyone has these biases. I'm not bias free by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean, big wide receiver guy by definition is biased towards big he's, wide he receivers. Legally required, I believe, with that <laughs> as his Twitter handle too. <laughs> In, in the event of anything close, you, you have to go with the bigger guy. It's just, it's, it's a fact. I always wondered, um, before, like when I followed him on Twitter, like before I actually knew him, um, was it he's a big wide receiver guy or he's like, yeah, I'm a big wide receiver guy. You know what I mean? Like I like a lot of I like wide receivers a lot. I, I always wondered what that was, what, what that one meant. I think it's I think it's all. It could be. Could be. He's, he's uh, explained it before. He has. Yeah. Um, but all right, moving off of the practice performances here. I mean, was there anybody else you want to touch on besides Michael Wilson and Tajay Spears? Those seemed like the two biggest drum beats. I mean, you hear of other guys who perform well. Tank Dell got some buzz for his athleticism and everything, yeah. um, which he's the, he's the next, the exact kind of guy that should do really, really well. I think we talked mm -hmm. about that. Last. He was yeah. one of the guys that we said, you know, he, he should probably do well in one V one drills. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but there's, you know, there's some other guys too that you heard that did well. Is there anybody else that you really wanted to highlight here? Not offensively, no. I mean, there were a couple like offensive linemen, um, a couple guys in the. I mean, the defensive side of the ball was much stronger, and we talked about this last week. You know, why, why was this a weaker offensive skill mm -hmm. group? And we don't have right. to have that conversation again. But I think we we our our expectations were tempered um, going into this, just looking at the list of players, right. Right. Um, well, moving into the game itself, um, there was not a lot of offense in this one. Um, <laughs> Say that again. Which we predicted. <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of something we predicted here. So finding like standout performances was not easy. Um, but there were there were definitely a couple. And, and in terms of the quarterbacks, uh, Jake Hayner was really the only one who had any semblance of a decent day uh 12 for 19 139 yards and a touchdown uh really living up to that future tom brady or the next tom brady moniker that has been bestowed on him um by felix but <laughs> uh, he had a nice day as a quarterback um, running back in the game evan hall was the one who kind of stood out the most there 10 carries 74 yards Tajay Spears had a couple catches. He had one carry for two yards, so he wasn't even really all that involved. Uh, and then in the wide receiver room, Michael Wilson uh, out of Stanford again looked good. Four catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, and then Jalen Wayne out of South Alabama, eight catches, 59 yards there. Um, I think Jalen Wayne was an, a name that I hadn't heard really at all talked about in leading up to the practice here so it was kind of surprising to see him lead the way for uh his side in receiving and lead it by a fairly comfortable margin yeah um i i, I wouldn't get fooled by him we'll put it that way um i agree but i mean we've it, seen it, this played out before yes it's it you know the the guy that's been in school for a billion years at a g5 school um, jalen tolbert yes jalen tolbert's <laughs> a great uh a great uh, analogous uh, player. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, again, I think the game showed 
this is not a, this was not a good offensive crew here. This was a very good defensive crew. I I, I think we said that on on mm-hmm. maybe on Monday on Campus Life. We were like, I don't even know how how they're going to necessarily move the ball, and you know we we didn't see a lot of big performances. Um, so I mean, I think it was nice that Hayner did something. Yeah, because um, all the I mean, if you're a quarterback and this is what you were competing against this week, this was a really good chance to like make yourself look better. And I think pretty much everybody failed, uh, but Hayner probably failed the least. Yeah. So that, that it was good for him, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we talked a little bit about the game, a little bit, about the practices here, uh, who is one guy that I know you said you don't put too much, uh, stock into this performance, but if you had to put, move one guy up, let's even say one spot in your rankings, just one tiny little spot. Who is that guy? Uh, yeah, the the real answer is nobody, but the the answer is uh, I will say that that I think Ty J at least possibly swindled an NFL team or two into, <laughs> and I don't dislike him. We we again we talked about him on Campus Life this week. Like I don't think he's a bad player by any stretch, but he's still fairly undersized. I he's quick, which is good. He's got nice burst and acceleration. I don't know how fast he is. Uh, I, I would prefer a back be, you know, really, really quick out in, in out of breaks and stuff than, than fast. Uh, but I mean, we saw him get into the game and do pretty much nothing. So I mean, you know, what was, what was the week really worth? I, I don't know. I, I I look at I think I have him as like my RB eleven. There's a couple backs in that range. Like I, you could argue any of them, and I and I I don't know that it would be worth really debating it. Um, so you could, you know, flip flop some of those guys, but I still can't, I, I couldn't stomach bumping him above, uh, like he, like he wouldn't be above Zach Evans or Charbonnet. Oh God, no, probably not Kendry Miller. Well, I, dude, I saw somebody <laughs> this week who said like that he was like, this is clearly the inarguable top five. And it was Bijan Gibbs, Dwayne McBride, Ty J Spears and Sean Tucker. You can't, you can't see my face. Cause this is a, this is just a straight audio. Looks but, dumber than usual. Yeah. Yeah. It looks dumb. Yeah. I mean, not it doesn't look as dumb as that take. Type. Yeah. Mc, like McBride. Out there that legitimately have Ty J Spears like in that range. Well, and, all right. If you, I disagree with that pretty strongly. But if you put a lot of stock in the Senior Bowl practices, then you know maybe. And if these are the first time you're watching some of these guys, then I could at least sort of vaguely understand that. In there, but like McBride. What McBride? Well, I, I have. I know you said you have uh, Tajay is, is your RB like eleven ish. I have him yeah. at thirteen. Um, I have him in a in a cluster with Evan Hall, Deuce Vaughn, and Eric Gray. I have those four um, ranked in my rookies as thirty rookie number 31, 32, 33, and thirty four. Uh, and I might move that cluster up ahead of the cluster of receivers that I have ahead of him, which is Washington, Reed, and Palmer. Um. But I, there, those, that's kind of like a tier for me right there mm-hmm. in the mid third. And that's kind of where I, I see Tajay Spears, honestly, uh, as a mid third round rookie pick at this point. You know, if he go, if he does swindle an NFL team and goes earlier than expected, then maybe I'll bump him up a couple of spots. But I, I don't know if I see him going. I don't know if I see myself taking him in the second round of a rookie draft because I, I there's a lot of other running backs that I like more. And then 
you know, we're looking at some wide receivers. Like I think this is a deep running back class and the wide receivers, while they may not be wide receiver ones. uh, I think that like guys like Cedric Tillman, Zay Flowers, Jalen Hyatt, um, all three of those guys, I would take over several of those running backs in that range. And that those are the guys that I have going in like the mid second round right now. Yeah, realistically, you couldn't talk me into Ty J Spears before like what the two eight two nine. If I was yeah. in like an IC rookie draft, I mean that would be the absolute earliest. Um, so some somebody will inevitably spend yeah. up on on a guy like this. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if you're, I have Ty J in a couple spots. I'm probably seeing if I can sell him. I think yeah. inherently people that are in actual C two C leagues are generally sharper. Just because, like, they've had eyes on these guys, they are aware of what these players are. They're not going to get wooed by a week in in shorts and t-shirts um, down in Mobile. So I, I I think it's harder in a C two C league. But if you can find somebody that values him at that, you know, like that one eleven, one twelve value, like I've seen some people oh, claim, then I think that's just like a a slam dunk uh, uh, selling point. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. Um, all right. And then into stock downs, uh, who is, who, who gets a stock down for you? If any, it, it, again, even one tiny little spot. Yeah, I mean, I think I, we, I mentioned it sort of earlier that I, this was just a such, such a good opportunity for um, some of these, these quarterbacks to stand out in, in a group. Uh, no Will Levis, no, uh, Anthony Richardson, no Bryce Young, no CJ Stroud, um, no Stetson Bennett. Um, <laughs> like not none of the top, none of the perceived top guys were there, and this was a good chance to solidify yourself as a day two guy. I don't know that any of them did that. From everything that I heard, most of the quarterbacks were just atrocious throughout the week. Like, and it's it's throwing to a whole different group of guys that you've never thrown to before. So I think there is a challenge there. But I think, you know, meeting that challenge, like we've seen quarterbacks go there and play very, very well. Like good quarterbacks will do that. So I think they uh, – all the quarterbacks really missed the chance. I, I would be pretty surprised. Maybe Hayner sneaks like end of round three because of his performance in the game. But overall, I don't think any of these guys are going to go day two at this point. I think they all kind of shot themselves in the foot. Yeah. I think overall, this is just a weak quarterback class and none of these guys looked good enough here. Um, So yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I don't think any of those guys look good. My stock down here is uh, Andre Usovis. And he's a guy that we've talked a decent amount about. We talked about him beforehand uh, he was our, our every man. He was in every category that we talked about beforehand. Who has the most to gain? You know, who could be the most buzzy after this? Um, he looked overmatched. I mean, he was he's big. He measured in well. He's fast. Uh, and you could see that at times on tape. But just his technical ability was not very good. He didn't even handle like from it from the clips that I've seen and things that I've heard. He didn't even really handle like the press and the one-on-one drills, like all that well for a guy that big and that fast, which is kind of surprising. So, uh, I mean, he's coming from Princeton. It was a pretty big jump up in competition, but I think any Andre Yusovis fans out there, of which there are certainly many, I think you got a, a cold shower here in this one. And that's not to say that he can't ever develop. He, he definitely could, 
but you're going to have to be patient with him. I mean, I know we we've been getting very impatient with rookies lately. Uh, it used to be, you know, like f- back when I first started doing like dynasty, it was the, the, the rule was you gave rookies like three years. You were looking for that third year breakout and we're no yeah. longer doing that. Um, I think Andre Usovis could fall into that go- range where maybe it takes him three years to really crack a rotation. Yeah, I mean, you, I, you're basically taking him in the sixth round or whatever, just solely based on how fast he is, essentially, yeah. and just hoping that he figures it out at some point. But I don't think there's any uh, real instant value here for an NFL team. I don't think anyone – like, I, I, NFL front offices aren't going to view him that way after this week, even if he goes to the Combine. Like, the Combine can't resurrect it at this point. I think no. it, is, it is what it is. This was the, the moment for him. And he's going to crush the Combine. So, like, that's just going to happen. Be prepared for that, and don't double count it. Can't say that enough. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the Combine, the list w- of invites was revealed. Now, I know they send these invites out in advance. Um, they, they, they usually send them out before these, like, all-star games or, like, as these are going on. Um, but there were definitely some players that were snubbed that I – would have expected to at least get an invite. And uh, in our chat, at uh, uh, the C2C chat, I think it was Barnabas that brought it up, but there were about 32 to 35 players last year that got drafted, that got drafted total that were not combined invites. And there were about 90 combined invites that did not get drafted. So going to the combine is big. Um, getting an invite to the combine is big. So it's definitely notable that these players did not get invited at the quarterback position. There was really only one guy that I thought would even maybe merit an invite um, out of the list of guys that I've seen that did not get invited. And that was Holton Allers, the quarterback out of ECU. Um, The reasons I would have expected him to maybe get an invite uh, he's six foot three, two hundred thirty pounds. So it was pretty prototypical size there. He was a five year starter. He started his freshman year. He has a yeah, ton he of experience there forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, he has fourteen, or he has almost fourteen thousand career passing yards. So he was he was there for forever, and he put up some good numbers. But he also had about fourteen hundred career rushing yards as well. So a little little bit of mobility to him. He's not a statue. Um, and he was the Hula Bowl and NFL Bowl MVP. So he went to both of those and was the MVP in both of those. Um, his fifth year here, 67% completion percentage, 3,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, five interceptions. So it finished on a fairly strong note as well. Um, I'm not like upset that he's not invited. I'm not pounding the, the table for this guy here. But it, does it surprise you at all that he didn't get invited given that resume? Um. So I didn't even really think that he was a legitimate NFL prospect until I heard people saying that they were shocked that he he's not going. I mean, I think he's he's big, he's big, and he has experience. I'm not sure. He's never really played well against good competition, and he's had some real iffy moments um, overall. I mean, like yeah, you read off the accomplishments and they sound interesting like the hula bowl is nothing like i'm sorry (laughs) but it's just not impressive at all 
Um, Somebody has to be the best player there, though. That's true. I mean, thirteen hundred career passing yards in five years is thirteen thousand. Sorry, thirteen is like what twenty five hundred yards a year, roughly one twenty seven fifty. Like that's not good in the modern college game. Like there, there's no, just but being a five year starter, I think is is noteworthy. Being a five year starter means you weren't good enough to leave after year three or year four. Mm, <laughs> like let's point. let's not pretend like the five year starter is like actually a good thing. It's actually probably a bad thing for like NFL purposes that you had a lot of chances to leave and you could not slash did not. That's fair. That's fair. Like I said, I wasn't, you know, shocked and stunned that he wasn't there, but just looking at the list, he's the only one that stood out as a quarterback that, um, you know, maybe deserved an invite. Well, like you said, it's such a, like toward the end, like it's such a bad quarterback class, yeah. like on day three, like there's no real intriguing guys that, I mean, it makes sense that there's not really snubs because it's like, well, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, everybody that's worth a crap is invited. It's not that long of a list. Right. Right. Um, the running back position, though, there's a couple names that stood out as guys that got did not get invited. Um, the first one here that I want to talk about is Xavier Valade out of Arizona State. Uh, he transferred there from Wyoming. Um, he had played four years at Wyoming, played his fifth year there at Arizona State, and he had a really nice year this year. Uh, 215 carries, just under 1,200 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns, and 37 catches, 289 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, he has three years over 1,000 yards and 200 carries. Uh, the only year in between that he did, so he didn't hit it his freshman year, and then he didn't hit it in the COVID year where Wyoming played six games and he played five. Um, he averaged 96.9 rush yards per game throughout his career, uh, throughout, or throughout those, those four years. Um, so I, I thought that was really impressive. He, good size too, six foot, 198 pounds. I mean, I would say we'll see what he weighs in at the senior bowl, but he won't, or the, at the, uh, combine. at the combine, but he won't be there. Um, so I, I think he could get up to, he looked a little bit bigger than 198 to me. I thought, I, I would have thought he was closer to 205. But are you surprised that Xavier Valaday didn't get invited at all? Um, yes. Nice. At the end of the day, I, I'm not sure. That tentative yes is all I need. Again, how much it it matters for him. Like I think he was always going to be, I don't know, pick 200. Probably not any better than that. Probably probably later than that. Um, so I actually don't know that this was a a death sentence. For him, like I do think he'll be one of the one of those guys that that wasn't invited but gets drafted. It'll be very very late. Um, I'm actually slightly more surprised by Nichols just because of how prolific he was there last year. I thought the NFL would have some sort of interest in him, and he's from a you know a, a, an FBS school. Um, but it's such a deep running back class, you know, in a yeah. different year. Validate maybe gets invited as does you know maybe any of the you know jordan mims nichols titus swen like you're just spoiling the show shit. and a shallower pool maybe the whole all thing. those guys get an invite so it, it, i think it just is uh victims of of the year sorry to to ruin your fun jeez well yes uh the other three guys that i have listed here jordan mims lou nichols titus swen um lou nichols at a central running back out of central michigan He's listed at 5'10", 220 pounds, so he's got the size. And then, like you touched on, 
not this past year, but two years ago, he had a phenomenal year, uh, 341 carries, 1800 yards, 16 touchdowns, 40 catches, uh, 338 yards, two more touchdowns there. Um, you know, and that was his, his third year. So he went at, he left after this year, his fourth year. Uh, he only played in nine games. Um, definitely a down year, 600 yards rushing, six touchdowns, 21 catches, 128 yards. So down year, the year that he leaves, mildly encouraging that, you know, he only he left after four years. So you thought maybe the NFL told him something. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that he's not invited either. I thought they would have been interested. Yeah, I mean, again, just victims of a deep class, I think. And I, I could see some mixing and matching with maybe a couple of the guys that go to the combine that don't do well, kind of trading places with the guy with, with, with a couple of these players that didn't make the list. I, I could very mm-hmm. much see that happening. Yep. Uh, and then the other two names on the list, Jordan Mims running back out of friends of Fresno state, um, six foot, 200 pounds. He's a, a good receiving back His three seasons over 20 catches. Um, you know, which not necessarily surprising at that Fresno state offense. They do throw the ball to the running back a lot. And then Titus Swen, the running back out of Wyoming, he took over for Zazavian Valade after he left. He's 5'11", 202 pounds, so pretty good size there, uh, and had a nice year this year. But I'm not overly surprised that those two didn't get invited. I think Valade and Nichols are the two more surprising ones for me. Um, I, I was going to say that maybe Mim surprises me a little more, but no, I, I think I agree with you generally. Um, maybe maybe Valade and Nichols and then those other two. Um, Swen's probably the least surprising, yeah. you know, if we had to do a, uh, uh, you know, blank Mary kill, we're going to keep this PG here, folks. Oh, thanks. Um, and I don't have to mark explicit that, that Titus Swen would probably be the guy that, that you kill or whatever. Keep trade cut. He's the guy that yeah, you cut. There you go. Um, but yeah. And then uh, with Titus Swen though, uh, he like entered the transfer portal. So like you kind of thought he was going to stay. And then he withdrew and went to the NFL. So, like, that was a little weird. Um, I didn't fully understand that one. But moving into the wide receiver, and, and again, there's not a ton of guys here that I'm shocked didn't get invited. I think the biggest surprise for me, uh, there's two. The first one would be Jared Wayne, the wide receiver out of Pittsburgh, um, your boy, uh, six he foot is, three. He is not my boy. He just goes to my alma mater. There's yeah. a difference. Um, six foot three, 210 pounds. So he's a, you know, big guy, prototypical size. Uh, he was non year one zero. He had a pretty productive freshman year. And I know the year one zero threshold cuts off at like a top three, 300 prospects. So I don't know if he hit that part of it, but I was just pointing out he had a productive freshman year. Uh, and he, you know, his third and fourth year too, pretty nice years. Um, last year, 60 catches on 1,063 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, are you surprised Wayne did not get invited? He's not a good athlete. Uh, I, I didn't I didn't know if he was a draftable guy or not, but he's so late in the draft that I didn't necessarily care for what Fair. we're doing here, you know. Um, he, he what I, I, people would be shocked were shocked at the end of the year. He finished as a very low end wide receiver too, I think. I think he was just inside the top 24 on the season, had a really good run to end the season. Uh, he's not a good athlete at all. Like he, he's, he's, you know, six, three, two, 10, like you said, but he's not, 
he would have tested very poorly. Honestly, him not going to the combine is probably going to do <laughs> like from that perspective is probably doing him a favor. Although obviously, again, we know that if NFL teams like you, they want you there. So it's not a good sign, but I mean, he wouldn't have tested well anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not to get too far off on a tangent, did you see that they were the um, head of the NFL PA, uh, the president of that, it was saying that he wanted to move to like get rid of the combine and do like regionals and pro days. I did see that. I'm not sure that that'll happen in the near future, but what do I know? Yeah. I mean, the combine is too much of a money making event right now. Um, but I, I saw somebody uh, bring up a clip uh, from. I can't remember what prospect it was, but it was like two years ago when they didn't have the combine and all of these guys were running reported four twos and four threes. Uh, and they were saying that that was, uh, that was what's going to happen. If, if you do that, it made me think of uh, you and, and your buddy. Yeah. That is what would happen. Yeah. I have no doubt about it. There would all be these inflated scores. Yes. Um, but I just thought that was interesting while we're talking combine, but the other wide receiver, I think that um, surprised me a little bit. Uh, was Kaz, uh, Kashmir Allen, the f- wide receiver running back from UCLA. And I don't think he's, uh, it doesn't surprise me so much from like, I think he's a, a great wide receiver prospect, but I think his versatility return and his half the team that was interested in him. And he's 5'9", 170, 30 carries in a year. So maybe that's kind of what did it like the versatility worked against him. But again, I thought that he would have tested well. So it kind of surprised me that nobody wanted to see him there. Yeah. I mean, a couple of interesting guys um, there that, that yeah, didn't get an invite. Um, Some of them didn't really have any more time in school so that they didn't really have an option. So I can't say that Wayne had more time, I believe. So, uh, maybe questionable uh, from him, but like, you know, Nico Remigio from Fresno State. Like, I don't, I believe this was his final year of eligibility. Keaton Thompson technically had another year because of the olive branch extended to the guys at Virginia who were in their final year of eligibility, but he's been in school for forever. Like, I don't know that taking that extra year would have been any good for him beyond just like he gets to play football for another year, which like at some point you kind of just got to move on. He was there for six years. So, I mean, yeah, like a lot of these guys just didn't like they didn't make the combine, but it's not like they made bad decisions to get here. So I don't feel too bad about any of them. And I still think most of them will be on at minimum like a practice squad. Yeah this year uh especially a, a remigio i think will be yeah N- nico remigio he said from fresno state he originally at cal for four years um before transferring to yeah. fresno state he had a nice year last year um 74 catches 852 yards six touchdowns so um a little bit of a surprise there for him but again at the same time not that much uh and then at the tight end position there were really only two names that I thought maybe would have warranted a, a uh, an invite. First one, Joel Wilson out of Central Michigan, the tight end. Uh, he's got good size, 6'4", 250, and he was very productive at Central Michigan. Like He was their leading receiver typically. He had 44 catches, 445 yards, and six touchdowns through nine games this year um, before he got hurt. 
he's not a great athlete, but I still kind of would have expected that production to at least warrant him to be there. Um, and then the other one is Michael Laziki, the tight end out of UCLA. They um, hated UCLA at the combine this year, man. Man, so. they did. Uh, he's prototypical size, 6'5", 243. Um, he didn't have a ton of production, but I, I thought he was, um, you know, UCLA seems to send tight ends to the NFL. Uh, they don't really do anything when they're there, but they send them. So I'm kind of surprised that nobody wanted to see him there. Yeah, I'm a little surprised as well. Um, Ezekiel Wilson, I didn't have any strong thoughts on him. He he missed all of this year due to injury, or not all of this year, but a good portion of the end of the year, mm-hmm. especially. So um, that may have had something to do with it as well. Um, it's a really good tight end class too. So yeah. victims of kind of like those running backs, victims of just can only invite so many guys. Uh, is there a cap on it? Or do they just make the list of whoever, whoever shows up? I mean, up, I'm sure. Up, but I, you can't just invite everybody. I mean, at some yeah. point, you have to make tough decisions. I mean, you, you, you're you you're inviting people to your wedding right now, Colin. You get yeah. it. You know, at a certain mm-hmm. point, you just can't, can't can't invite people anymore. Yeah. By the way, I meant to talk to you about that. Uh, we'll talk about no, that no, after no, that. My invite got here in the mail <laughs> yesterday. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't do that to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, that is really going to do it for us here tonight. Like I said, there weren't really any huge standout snubs this year, at least on the offensive side of the ball. There were a couple defensive guys. Um, Carl Brooks, the defensive end at a Bowling Green, seems to be the big one there. Um, Mahmoud Diabate. Diabate. How did he not make it? I actually, I didn't know. I I hadn't looked at the defensive players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, linebacker out of Utah was at Florida before. Those those two were probably my biggest surprises. But um, again, that's on the defensive side of the ball. Offensive side, nothing crazy. Uh, So that's going to do it for us here tonight. Um, Be sure to check out the rest of the Campus to Canton podcast network. Uh, The daily draft report has been dropping every single day like clockwork. Uh, They just talked about Mike or uh, Will Levis this past week. They did. I did today. I didn't get to listen to that mm -hmm. one yet. Um, So I'm very excited. It's Mike. um, Yeah. Who is a Mike is a Kentucky (laughs) Kentucky fan noted not will levis fan so i'm very interested to listen to that one too that should be a good one um but yeah check out the rest of the network there we got chasing the natty dropping on mondays campus life on tuesdays back to debbie on wednesdays debbie debate on thursdays and this canton bound show on fridays and the official drops on saturdays uh, but until next time i'm colin and this is austin and have a good one